0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Coach's Perspective Podcast. I am your host, Joe Coelho, and I am here with a very special guest, Coach Kenny Crehan of Penn State University, Greater Allegheny. Coach, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you. Thank you for joining. Uh, Why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, I'm currently at Penn State, Greater Allegheny, obviously, but uh, I got this uh, coaching career kicked off back all the way back in 1989, I uh, was on the staff as a volunteer assistant at uh, Allegheny College, which is kind of a little bit, a couple hours north of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, fresh out of college, that's that's where I got my start and um, had a really, really good team there. Uh, made it to the NCAA Division III Regionals, and uh, we, we got ousted at that time by Methodist down in North Carolina. Um, who, who was uh, obviously one of the very best programs in, in the country at that time. But um, got uh, got an opportunity, um, kind of a, almost of a, of a lifetime, if you will. Um, I, w- I was a graduate assistant uh, where I was going to graduate school at the Citadel in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, so went down there in the summer of 1989 and got things kicked off down there. And Lo and behold, um, the nineteen ninety season, my, my first season there, was uh, the year Citadel went to to Omaha, mm-hmm. um, which was uh, well, I'm sure we'll talk about some more, but um, you know, just a, an amazing opportunity there. I, I stayed a couple of years. Uh, we did really well. At the Citadel won a couple of uh, Southern Conference championships, and then uh, got a full time job and went went to VMI, uh, cross conference uh, rival. And uh, VMI at the time needed kind of a, a turnaround effort, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did a decent job there. Um, I was only there one year, kind of had made an, a little bit of a name for myself in the coaching circles. And uh, I, I got a Division II head job at Lincoln Memorial University in Harrogate, Tennessee, Um which was another challenge all, all in itself because uh, up to that point uh, LMU had been an NAIA program um, and was making the, the, the conversion to NCAA Division II. Mm-hmm. And um, not only that, but in, in the Gulf South Conference, which is, you know, well-recognized as one of the very best Division II conferences God. throughout the country, Um I, I stayed there for four years. We had an, an amazing program going. We, we had a lot of players drafted, um, you know, which was, you know, kind of a byproduct of everything we were doing. And um, at the time, I, I got out of the, 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 the circles there for, for some personal reasons. I came back to the Pittsburgh area. Um, Went back to Allegheny College for a couple of years, Um, and then uh, I kind of branched out on my own after that. Uh, I I gave some college guys, some minor league guys, uh, even some some of the better high school players in the area, some private lessons. Then I jumped into the AAU uh, ranks and uh, stayed in that uh, for a local uh, top-notch program here in Pittsburgh, uh, Team All-American. Um, we did really, really well. Um, I was there for 10 years. Um, it was also intertwined the last three years there with uh, you know uh, the, the team, uh, the NTIS trials for, for USA. Um, you know the, those years it was was actually formatted a little bit different. Um, you know there was, I want to say 17 regions um, how they did it at that time and, uh, here, it was called the Ohio Valley region, uh, four or five states up here, that, you know, um, so I, I, helped with that and then coached the, uh, I guess it was the 16 year olds or the 17 year olds, um, down in Cary, uh, for this region, uh, which was a lot of fun, you know, any, anytime you get to do anything for, for team USA, that, that was a lot of fun. Um, and then came along Penn state greater Allegheny and, uh, this is this will be year four and uh, so that that kind of brings you up to to present day.
0: Well uh, you definitely have a lot of experience uh, that's for sure at different levels and you coached everywhere from travel ball to Division one so uh, this is I'm very excited for this one so you mentioned you coached at the Citadel yeah uh, you coached in the college World Series which not a lot of coaches can say they have that's true. Um, and you did that as a graduate assistant. Uh, what was it like coaching in the College World Series in Omaha?
1: Oh, you know, I, I mean, I think it goes without saying it's it's an experience you know that somebody would never forget, um, and I, I certainly won't. Um, I, I'm getting older and I'm losing my memory, but you know that that was a that was a special time. Um, you know that that team. Um, you know, first of all, the Citadel is the only military academy to, to ever make it to Omaha right. um, you know I, I certainly hope another one does one day because um, you know it's it's just a different unique uh, mantra if you will, uh, you know for a military academy to, to make it to that point right um, And you know I, I think every Division <clears throat> one program starts every season at the beginning of the year with the hopes of Omaha right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, and I, I can remember talking to the guys uh, actually, um, you know, in the mess hall one day and they were like, they're like, Hey, coach Korean, what if we make it to Omaha? And I was like, yeah, what if we do? Why not us? You know? Um, but of course, you know, it was just at that time, you know, it was just wishful thinking kind of right. Right. Um, but, you know, we, we got to work, we put a plan in place, but um, you know, that, that team, Coach, like there wasn't anything that that team couldn't do. Um, it was just a, a total different breed of guys. Um, and and when I say that, like what I mean is, first of all, the bond, uh, the chemistry am- among the guys um, was something I have I had never saw to that point, and and to this day have not seen again. Um, it was just so different um, in, in so many different areas. The, the internal competitive greatness uh, among those guys was unreal. And I mean, from one guy to another, one guy wanted to outperform the other. It, there were a lot of like internal bragging rights, <laughs> you know, um, the, those guys. Uh, it, it was amazing of the internal competitiveness um they wanted to, to beat each other's rear ends if you will um let alone you know the, the guys wearing the other jerseys you know um but uh yeah it it was just such a great experience um from you know the minute we got there to to practice on day 1 you know at old Rosenblatt stadium um you know it, it was such a cool experience you know we take the field and you know you only get a a a short period of time you know when you get there to to practice on day one you know on the field but you know when we got there there were reps from every sporting goods company you can probably possibly think of you know guys were handed bats batting gloves gloves you know shirts to wear under your jersey t-shirt sweatshirts shorts you know Uh, it, it was like you know, it was Christmas, uh, you know, in the summer. <laughs> um, but what an amazing experience, you know, we played LSU right out of the gate, um, lost, um, played Cal state Fullerton won in an extra innings game. Um, so not, you know, now we're in the losers bracket, um, but fighting through, and, that, and then we had to play LSU again and, and got beat again. But, um, Nevertheless, in an amazing, amazing opportunity that, that will never be forgotten.
0: So you mentioned LSU. Was that the year that – I'm not sure. I know that they went, I think it was three times. I think it was three years in a row, in a row they went, and Bianco was the catcher, the coach of Ole Miss.
1: Yeah, you, to be honest, I you know, I, I can't quite remember who, <laughs> who their catcher was at the time. Yeah. Um, but um, – LSU did not win it that year. Okay. Um, that year we were in it. Georgia won it. Oh, okay. Um, but um, you know they, they. I don't know if you remember Lyle Muton, um, who, who was a, a big big power bat. Um, he, he he was an amazing talent. That was uh, that was an, an amazing player. That um, Paul Bird, um, who pitched a very long time. Um, mm-hmm. You know in the, in the big leagues. Um, that's who we faced the first game. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, I mean, obviously all those teams that they've ever had have been amazing, but you know, it was just a great experience. It it was a lot of fun. So, I mean, it sounds like it was a
0: lot of fun. Um, I, I mean, you know, when you have a team like that and they're just going at it and each other, but you know, good, good inner chemistry and really good competitiveness, uh, you're, you're bound to have a good season. I, uh, I had a good experience like that in high school. I know it's not division one college baseball, but uh, my high school team was like that my senior year. And we made, we made a really good deep run in the, in the state playoffs. And it's definitely an experience I won't, rec- uh, won't forget. <laughs> um, awesome. So now we took you know, you talked a little bit about coaching uh, AAU, which we kind of down here, we, we do have AAU, but we do like showcase baseball and I coach uh, showcase baseball for the R.I. Devils. And honestly, in my opinion, and, Probably not a lot of people's opinion, but we were ranked uh, third in new England last year and 70th in the nation by perfect game for our 18 U team. And I have to say, we're probably like the best, one of the best programs in new England. Um, so what are your thoughts on travel ball or AAU, if you would say?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I mean, obviously uh, you know, for today um, kids have to do it, you know um, it's, you know it's an extension of of high school baseball to to a certain extent right um so you know guys have to do it they they have to keep playing they have to keep finding ways to get better and um you know you hear stories right and you know i i went through some here as well um you know if if kids have the right mindset um and they have goals um they have they have to play travel ball Mm -hmm. um and to me i think the difference the big difference between travel baseball and high school baseball is when you travel obviously you know you're playing outside of you know your your small region there right you're playing against other kids from all over the country oftentimes you're playing against teams that have teams that pull from guys from all over the place. Yeah. So obviously, you know the the, the competitive nature, the the higher level type of baseball is going to be there. Um, you know, I, if money doesn't run interference, then you know I, I think you have a good product, right? Um, but yeah, ki- kids have to do it.
0: I feel like um, like what we do with Child's ball is we try to make it as um affordable as possible so we kind of try to stay away from like the league things and things like that right we're going to a perfect game or a pbr or a under armor showcase like every weekend
1: and i feel like yeah
0: i feel like when you do that i feel like that's more like don't get me wrong leagues are great and stuff like that but i feel like if you want to make it affordable and you want to get your kids exposed i feel like that's the way you have to do it is just the tournaments and and the kids love it they they really enjoy it we're with them basically year-round and you know um I had someone say to me, I said, would you ever coach high school ball? And they go, why would I? And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said to me, he said, why am I going to go coach a team that's not as good as my travel ball team? So it's a, <laughs> it just shows, you know, it really yeah. shows that of like – like I've seen high school teams even here in Rhode Island, um, and they're stacked, and then you see some of these travel ball teams that are even in the same state, and you take kids from this kid and all these D1 commits, you put them on one team, and you go, oh, my God. Um, so, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely definitely, something fun. I never personally did it. I was more of a uh, Legion guy, but that was just me.
1: Yeah.
0: So, now let's talk about Penn State, Greater Allegheny. So, personally, what do you think makes it such a special program?
1: Yeah, I, you know, there there are a number of things, you know, but w- really what comes to the forefront, um, you know, for, for a kid to want to come here, um, it is a special place. And, and the reason it is is, you know, the, there are um, a lot of Penn State uh, institutions in, in, in the state of PA. They're, they're spread all throughout, you know, the state. Um, but you, the big thing is obviously, you know, when a kid walks out of here in four years, he's walking out of here with a Penn State education. Um, Penn State's obviously known as, you know, one of the better higher academic institutions um, in, in the U.S. Um, so, you know, that, that alone makes it a special place. Um, but you know, when you're talking about the baseball part of it, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool that yes, we're a branch campus, but at the end of the day, we still get to wear a Penn state uniform too. And that's pretty cool. Um, you know, so we get to wear that blue and white uniform. Um, you know, we get to, to represent that. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, that that's an honor and a privilege, but, you know, for a young man to, to walk out of here, um, you know, with a Penn state education and also, you know, uh, we talk to our recruits and our recruits families about this all the time. I I feel like, you know, when you come here to to our program, you're, you're being coached and you're being surrounded by great people. Mm -hmm. Um, forget about the school for a second, forget about baseball for a second, you're being surrounded by great people. And I think that's extremely important. Um, and a lot of 17, 18 year old kids don't quite grasp that, you know, um, while we're recruiting them in high school um and walking in the door when it when it really first hits them is you know in the fall of that first year and they kind of see everything that we're doing and how we coach and how much fun we have and our energy and our passion then they're like okay now i get it mm-hmm. um, you know so to, to me i think that's what makes it special
0: so you mentioned recruiting And personally, as somebody who handles some of the recruiting for our Devils team, I love recruiting. I feel like it's a a very special part of uh, what I do, definitely what you do as well. Uh, And for me, you know, the way that I the way that I get excited about it is, you know, I I get a kid, not me, you know, because the kids have to do everything. But, you know, they have to have the talent to be there. But I'm able to use what I know, use the coaching connections that I have. And I'm able to get kids into colleges or help get kids into colleges, I should say. And I feel like that's, um, it's really special for me. So uh, what do you look for in a recruit?
1: Oh man, that's a loaded question. <laughs> 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 right. And you, you know, we, we have a lot of boxes that, that we want to check per se. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but also understanding here, we're not going to check every box. Right. right? So uh, the more, the better. Um, but, you know, f- for us, kind of like what comes, you know, to the forefront for us, for, for the most part, number one, we, we want kids that are very highly competitive kids. Right. Um, you know, and th- that comes in different sizes and shapes, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like we just got a big commitment last night from a kid, three star standout um, or three sports standout. Mm-hmm. Right. Quarterback on a football team, power forward on a basketball team, pitcher on a baseball team. That's a highly competitive kid. Right. He, he, he gets it. He likes to compete. Right. Um, But when we see a kid play too, we want to see what does that competitive nature look like? Right. Or, you know, if we're recruiting a kid from afar and we we can't really see him play um, which happens quite a bit for us, you know, now we have to rely on, you know, coaches input. um, Mm -hmm. Right. So that, that's a, that's a big thing. Right. Um, The other thing that we, we really, really try to focus on when we're talking to kids and learning about them, get to know their personalities a little bit as you know, and you get a good sense of it on the phone too, is we want a kid with a chip on their shoulder, right? Because a lot of times the kids that we're getting are kids that are getting bypassed by other schools, right? Maybe they're from a part of the country where there's a lot of really good division two, division three, baseball, NAI, baseball, Juco baseball around them. But those schools are just, you know, bypassing them for for one reason or another and we're, we're okay with that because to us that kid's coming to us with something to prove right mm-hmm. so he's going to be a motivated individual right um, so understanding what that means and how that relates to us and w- what we're looking for it I, I think is really important um, you know and, and the other thing we're looking for we're looking for kids who want to be winners um, on the baseball field, off the baseball field, and then moving forward into life, um, you know, part of what the Penn State educational system does for them is set them up for the rest of their life, right? Um, so, we're, those are those are kind of the, the things that we're looking for. Obviously, the, the baseball skill sets, you know, that kind of you know is kind of predetermined of what we're looking for. Whether it's an arm and middle guy, a catcher, whatever. Um, you know, that then we kind of make our assessments from there. But th- these are the things that we really, really want to try to hone in on.
0: Um, okay, that's um, that's some really good stuff right there. Um, so, you know, that's, I mean, when you go into it, you know, and you look at what you're looking for, you know, um, I feel like those are some really important values. And um, you know, you're not just looking for just talent, you're looking for a good kid. So uh, it's good to know. And uh, I'm definitely uh, I like asking coaches questions about recruiting because you know I try I try to put kids in programs where I think they'll fit you know what I mean I like to see what sure. different coaches think you know so I really uh, really do appreciate that now I like talking about junior college too because I get a I got a couple kids into uh, junior colleges and things like that we have uh, some really good junior college programs around here uh, Community College Rhode Island they were in the uh, Junior College World Series a couple years back. Uh, they've gotten a lot of kids to higher division schools, and we also have UConn every point, which is another good uh, another good junior college option for these kids around here. So, typically, how many uh, junior college players do you recruit a year?
1: You know that that's a fluctuating number, mm-hmm. you know. And and look, I I love JUCO kids. <clears throat> um, they're grinders, right? Um, for the most part, you know, probably. 98% of JUCO pro- programs, you know, don't have all the bells and whistles, right? Um, so, um, you know, the, those kids that go to a JUCO for two years and grind, th- those are grinders. Like We, we want those kids, right? Um, the first couple of years, um, we got a few. Like right now, our starting shortstop uh, was a JUCO kid. Um, great kid, great player. Um, love him to death. Um, we need more of those. Um, Obviously, but last year we had recruited four. Um, We thought we were in a really good spot, and you know, with this whole COVID situation, um, it's kind of created havoc, uh, I I think, for everybody in one form or another. Um, And for us, uh, you know, the the unfortunate part of us is, you know, we had four in the books for last year, all all decided. To stay because they have the free year of eligibility yeah right so you take your chance on them um thinking you're going to get them um you know and then late summer you know we, we come to find out you know we're not um so you know normally maybe maybe a couple a year um depending on you know what our needs are you know whether we feel like we want to replace somebody with uh, an upperclassman so to speak um you know but uh Right now, uh, for our 2022 class, uh, we we do have uh, a couple of JUCO guys coming, um, and we actually have a 2023 JUCO commit as well uh, at this point. So, yeah, I mean, again, we love the JUCO players, and I'm sure it'll be a big part of our program, you know, moving forward.
0: And I I personally love JUCO because, like, I go to a junior college currently, and I'm not playing baseball, I'm coaching, but... I feel like um I feel like when when you're playing junior college I feel like it's so different you know it's 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 the long bus rides it's the, yep. you know they have the they have the, the saying Juco bandit you yeah, know what I mean exactly but I feel like uh, junior college uh, one of the kids that play on my fall program uh, Calvin battersby he's a he's going to community College of Rhode Island and I told him straight up I'm like listen you know uh, he's he's a tall kid big kid works out a lot kind of got into the into that process a little late, and I told him straight up I was like, Listen, go do your junior, junior college years, and you know, maybe you go D2, D1. You know, it all depends on what you do. And um, I feel like Juco is a great opportunity for kids that developed late. You know, a lot of kids, you see some of these kids that are 13, 14, hitting puberty, but some of these kids they're 15, 16, so they're still short, freshman, sophomore year of high school. You know, they're still they haven't grown into themselves yet. so they get that opportunity to play those two years and then they can go on to a four-year university and really make an impact. So I do think it's, um, I really do like junior college. Um, what kind of uh, values do you instill on the uh, program?
1: Oh man, this is, this is a great question. And it, you know what, it's, I'm glad you asked. Cause it's actually a question. I get asked a lot about recruits from recruits parents. Um, so I have here um, what we call a three-by-three three pillar, okay. um, right? So um, first and foremost, in the week, we actually have a sign um, that hangs on my office wall. It's made out of steel. You can't break it. O- on the outer part of the sign, uh, we call it the circle of trust. Um, those are the main three pillars of our program, and it's attitude, effort, and culture, mm-hmm. okay? Um, so what we ask is – Every day we want our guys to wake up when their head comes off the pillow, have a great attitude because it, that's a choice, right? You, you have a choice whether you, you put, put out a good attitude or a bad attitude, right? Um, now, if a kid has a great attitude all day, comes to practice or comes to the weight room you know, or a one-on-one session, whatever it is, you're pretty darn sure you're going to get a pretty good effort from that kid because he's, he's already had a good attitude for the day, right? His outlook is positive, right? So if you have a good attitude and you have a good effort, you're living in the culture in which we're trying to instill. Um, so th- those are the first three pillars. Um, the, the next three are integrity, honesty, and loyalty, right? Integrity meaning, you know, if if we're in a practice, for example, um, <clears throat> you know, an infielders are doing drills or whatever it might be, they might be doing partner drills, if the infield coach turns his back to do something else or to talk to somebody else, you don't take a rep off or you don't do it, you know, half-assed if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, you, you do it as if the coach has eyes on you. That that's the integrity part. Right. Honesty. We want, we want guys to be honest with us because we're always going to be honest back with them. Right. And then loyalty. We always we want them to be very loyal um, to the program. Okay. Um, then the, the last three, uh, are character confidence and commitment. Um, you know, we want kids with high character. We want kids to play the game with a lot of confidence. Um, and, and we want kids to be committed to the overall process. So that's, that's where the three by three pillars come, come from.
0: So I've heard of the three by three, um, from like, you know, coaching seminars and things like that. So, uh, I haven't really looked, really looked into it, but it's good to get uh, an outlook on it. And, um, that, that's really important, you know, and um, I feel like that's that's something that I instill on kids too, you know. I'm going to be honest with you. I have kids who say to me, Coach, I want to go to Vanderbilt. <laughs> if you're not good enough to go to Vanderbilt, I'm going to tell you, you know what I mean? And, that's right, yeah. Um, you have to be honest with kids, especially at this age and, you know, as they get into their 20s, where, which is where you coach them in that early stage of a lo- young adult life, um, you know, and I, I feel like it's really important uh, to be honest and. All those things, I feel like it's uh, really, really good to do, and you know, because sometimes you have you have situations where they're around people and they're getting BS, and that's that's not the kind of person that I want to be. I'm, I know that's not kind of the kind of person you are, so um, it's really good to have those things. Um, now, do you guys do any fundraising for your program?
1: Absolutely. Okay. Um, <laughs> without fundraising, uh, we don't have a program, if, yeah. if I can be honest, right? I mean, most small college baseball programs have to do it to, to some extent. Um, we, we have to do quite a bit of it. Um, and it's truly and honestly, without it, we, we just couldn't function. We couldn't operate. We couldn't do some of the things that we want to do. Um, some of the things that we do are f- for the benefit of, you know, the players themselves. Um, some of the things that we do are, are for the benefit of the overall program, whether it's equipment needs, uh, we, we do raise money for our spring trip. Um, you know, so, um, yeah, absolutely. Um, 100% must.
0: Um, what kind of fundraising do you guys do? Do you guys do raffle tickets? Do you do like a team store?
1: Um... <laughs> all, all of the above. Okay. Um, yeah, we, we do raffle tickets. We do something, uh, pretty fun in the fall we do something called a hundred inning game uh kids have to get sponsors for that um this past year um our players uh, also were had the benefit of going to uh either or both uh, home pittsburgh Steeler games or pit panther football games um you know and the guys just kind of like work the gates checking bags you know like a security kind of thing and yes. um you know we had a company that that does that and they bring in you know outside organizations to help them all through you know throughout the facility down there and then you know they they pay us x amount of dollars to do that so that that's pretty cool but yeah we've we've done the full gamut of pretty much everything you can think of uh, these, these past few years
0: that's awesome i feel like uh especially like we we're in the process of doing our first team store right now. And even yesterday we went down to the, the place that's going to do it. on with sports and they're great. Um, but uh, he said to me uh, that, that they just finished doing one for, uh, I think he said it was Harvard or Boston college. One of those two schools, uh, university of medicine for the doctors and stuff. I was like, Oh my God. So uh, he was like, yeah, that's going to be a big store. So I feel like, you know, <laughs> colleges and stuff like that. Uh, they definitely do it. My old high school, um, from my alma mater, Davies Tech, uh, the athletic director there did a store, and what the way he did it was awesome because we had opened our own football program. My junior, my junior year was the first year, and then so that was all football stuff. But then all the other sports, the other programs, clubs, they're all like, hey, we want stuff too. So he ended up opening it, and it was uh, it's been pretty successful. It's still open, but uh, it just you know it makes me kind of think about stuff like that and um, just uh. Good experiences. So you mentioned the spring trip. Um, is it the Florida, Is the Carolinas? Where do you guys end up going for the spring?
1: Yeah, so um, we're going to go to uh, Ripken in Myrtle Beach. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, it's, if you've been there, you know, um, for the people that haven't been there, it's, it's a fantastic facility. Um you know, at the main facility itself, you know, there are four full turf fields, um, which are pretty unique. They're all modeled after old time ballparks, which is pretty cool. Um, so, you know, the, the guys that get to play in it, you know, that they, they're probably, they're way too young to understand that. Um, but it, it, nevertheless, it's, uh, it's a great experience. And, you know, for us as, you know, what we just talked about fundraising, right. So we got to raise the funds to go there. Right. Um, to me, um, If you're going to spend all that time, all that effort, um, and then pay that money out to go on a spring trip, to me, it just makes sense for us uh, as a small college baseball program to go there. Because unless it's absolutely downpouring and lightning, you're going to play. You're going to get all your games in. Yeah. You know, right? You, You might go to you know, North Carolina, or you might go to Georgia or Florida or something like that. But if, if you get a five, six hour rainstorm for a day, you're rained out for the day, mm-hmm. right? So you lose a whole day, you lose all that money and that effort that that, that you put into to fundraising, you know, t- to me going there with having the ability to play on turf every day, potentially then, you know, you're likely to, to get all your games in. Plus it's not as far, right? For us, it's mm-hmm. a roughly a 12 hour bus ride. So. Yeah. Um, you know, I, and I like it. And the people are great there. They've treated us, you know, really, really well every, every year we go there. So, um, yeah, I love it there.
0: Sounds like a fun experience. That's something that I always regret because, like, you know, I'm a college student. i playing college baseball. But uh, that's something that I always regretted about, like, me being not, not playing and stuff. And I'm just like, man, you know, like, that trip to Florida with the team or, <laughs> Uh, the carolinas or wherever you end up going i feel like uh, it's always a good experience so it's well, something, something your guys will remember and i know you definitely will always remember each trip so absolutely
1: yeah. and you know for, for our program actually um it's a it, it's a must mm-hmm. um and not just because it's spring break it's a must because the the bond and the chemistry that is formed um especially on that bus trip down um that's that's a very unique experience for our program. Uh, you know, it, the guys have a lot of fun. Um, as long as we have a bus driver, that's, that's pretty cool about it. <laughs> um, it's funny, it's fun. Um, it's a, it's a great experience, but you know, for the guys, it, it's a great opportunity because there are no classes, there are no exams, there are no projects, there are no papers, right. It's, it's baseball. It's fun. You know, we're in the South, you know, yes, it's a business trip, but yes, it's also a heck of a lot of fun uh, for, for both players and coaches. Um, so, uh, but it is, it is an absolute must uh, for, for us to go on that trip every year.
0: I'm really excited um, personally about traveling because, you know, the whole travel baseball thing, but I mean, we're going to uh, New York, we're going to the we're going to a Rutgers camp in Newark, so, or New Jersey, so a lot of things like that, you know, I'm really excited to uh, travel because uh, like we're going to be in Long Island and things like that. So I feel like traveling is a good part. And you really um, not just for the for the coaches, it's really exciting, but for the kids as well. You know, um, I feel like you get that you get that extra bondage with your brothers. And, you know, that's really how you become a family, you know, because you're surrounded by them all the time. And you take that trip. There's no coming home. And, you know, they're, you're, they're not there. You know what I mean? So I feel like a trip like that. Uh it's definitely something fun and you know my team still talks about their trips to Long Island and things like that last year. So um really, 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 really good stuff. Um do you teach at the university or no?
1: Do not. Um no, no, no just just baseball. Okay. Yeah.
0: I I feel like that's always a good question to ask because I know a lot yeah. of coaches they do, especially at the division three level. Um when I was getting when I was looking at colleges and things like that a lot of the coaches I talked to were, um, were teachers. So, you know, you get to, you also get to see like a teacher's look at it too. So, um, but you know what, listen, if you can focus on baseball and baseball only, hey, I don't, I don't blame you, you know?
1: (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Um, so what are some of the goals for the team in 2022?
1: Oh my goodness. Um, so, um, you know, I think like any program, you know, the goals are big, right? Um, Mm -hmm you know if i could start anywhere with it i don't know that we have one that's more important than the other so to speak um because i think at the end of the day they're they're kind of all equal mm-hmm. um you know both from a team perspective and uh you know like individual parts of the game perspectives um the the first thing that we have to do i, I think is you know we we only have about a month or so here before you know if the weather breaks for us that that we're out playing right um but our guys have to understand um starting this week that we have to be a great practice team first um and i i have a saying here uh before we can be ready we must get ready um you know and that is so very true and we have to make sure that every single day that we have a practice session, we are getting better. Um, And I mean, truly getting better. Like our our infielders have to be a lot better at making the routine plays. That's part of our overall goals, right? We we have to be more consistent in making that routine play. I know that's cliche-ish, but you know, through a long college season th- There are opportunities You know where we get that two hopper right to us And you know we don't execute um, And we got to be better at it Like for example we You know we only fielded I think like 951 As, as a team last year um, We, we got to be North of 265 Or, or sorry 965 mm-hmm. Right um, If we're north of 965 We're playing better defense Um so that's kind of like where, where it starts for us is that those two things got to inter- intertwine with with one another. Um, overall, as a group, we, we have to be a lot more consistent. Like last year, we you know, we would we were playing. We were playing great. Everything was going really, really well. And I'm not talking about just wins, right? Mm-hmm. Like we were doing all the little things. If we had to put a bunt down, we put a bunt down. You know, when we try to hit and run. We, we executed it, right? Um, when we had to turn a double play, we turn a double play, you know, when we needed a strikeout, we got one, um, you know, all those sort of things. But then we would hit these little spurts where the consistency would go away, you know, like one part of it would go away and then it would trickle down and another part would go away, you know, so if we can just be more consistent as a group, um, you know, I think obviously wins are byproducts of how you perform. Right. So, um, but I think if, if the consistency is there, then the wins, you know, will will increase. And obviously, you know, every year we want to improve in that area um, no matter how good or how, how good of a season you had, or you didn't have, you know, the year before. Um, but, you know, it, it's going to start with the pitchers, right? It always does. Um, it always will. Um, we have to throw more strikes and, um, we have to try to be, you know, really efficient in three or four pitches or less per batter. Um, that's kind of like a goal, right? If we can, if we can get outs in four pitches or less, um, I, I think we're, you know, we're doing something right. Uh, you know, where the struggles come, you know, you get to that six, seven pitches, and then kids are fouling balls off, and then, you know, you press a little bit, and you know, you miss on the three-two count, and now all of a sudden, you know, you got a guy go on first for free. Um, you know, and then, you know, next guy bloops one in and, you know, now you're in trouble, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it starts with the pitchers. We, we have to be more efficient on the mound. Um, we have to be a heck of a lot more efficient in getting leadoff hitters out. Uh, that takes a lot of the pressure off defensively. It puts a lot of pressure on the other team offensively. Um, you know, so if, if we can start there and then build um, from there, like, Throughout the season, you know we'll we'll accomplish some goals. Um, at the end of the day, obviously we want to be you know in our postseason, and we want to be able to to survive, right? And what I mean by that is, you know, when we get to the postseason, we want to be able to win to get to the next game. Um, the last man standing wins it all, right? So um, th- those those are kind of like the goals, right? So. If I can look at the whole thing, you know, obviously we want to be more consistent. We want to win more, um, but if we can get to the postseason again, um, we 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 got to try to find ways to win. Um, and our our conference is very good. It's very uh, competitive. Um, there are some great great players. There are some great teams. There are some great coaches. Um, so by all means, it is not easy at all. Um, so. Um, but we have good players, we're getting better players and, uh, the the future's bright. We just, we have to find ways to improve little by little every single year, but also little by little every single day, every single week. So that's, that's kind of how, you know, without getting too much into it, that's, that's where we have to start.
0: Uh, I totally agree, you know, and, um, when it, when it comes down to playing, when it comes down to playing baseball and getting better, I feel like it goes. You got to break it down to basics. You know. Sure. Um, a coach. I heard from a coach once that if you don't like something about a player, you know, whether it's a swing, whether it's the way he throws the ball, anything, you know, break it down into tiny pieces and fix it one by one. No doubt. And that is the greatest piece of advice I have ever learned. No doubt. Straight up, like that's it. Cause yep, a swing, absolutely. on a swing the first thing I'll work on okay where are your hands right then then it's your hips your hip rotation your lower half um, the way are, are you keeping your head down are you go are you going through the zone you know what I mean uh, so many things that you can break down and fix um, but that's just an example you know and um, I feel like basic baseball wins games. You know, you don't need to you don't need to be fan, you're not, you not don't need to be fantastic, I shouldn't say. You don't need to make the, the crazy plays all the time. You shouldn't have to always make the crazy plays. And that's what I tell kids all the time. You know, they'll they'll say to me, Oh well, yeah, I missed that I missed that routine ground ball, but did you see that diving play I made? I said, Yeah, I saw the diving play. But if you made that routine ground ball, you wouldn't have had to make that diving play. You know, so in that same inning I mean. So, um, I feel like uh, basic baseball is very, very important. And same thing with the pitchers. You know, I have pitchers, they, they'll go 100 pitches, they'll go four innings, and I'm like, command is an issue, you know. So <laughs> um, it, it's, it's things of a young coach. You know, I'm only 19, but, um, you know, you, you learn, you live and you learn. So um, I do have, I think, yeah, I have two more questions, and that's all I really have for you. So I want to talk a little about Twitter, a little bit about Twitter. You have Twitter. That's actually how we know each other, how we've met. Yep. Um, you do a lot. Of, I've seen that you do some recruiting on Twitter. Um, is it true that college coaches look at recruits' social media profiles?
1: You have to. Okay. Uh, you know what I mean. Um, yeah. Yeah, especially our level. Hmm. Um. Not to exclude any levels. No. Um, but f- for different reasons, you know. Uh, first of all it is a huge platform. Um, It's a wonderful platform. It gives kids opportunities, right. To, to self promote. It gives coaches like yourself, high school coaches, uh, even Juco coaches to, to promote their guys. Right. Um, Right. So, um, but I, I think recruits would probably be shocked how often coaches take a look at their profiles just to see what kind of content they're either posting, liking, retweeting you know those sort of things um and i'll i'll share a story with you a few years back um you know we we had a recruit uh post something on on a platform that i i really didn't care for and you know thought it really wasn't a a good fundamental match uh for us um you know and had to give that family a call and, you know, kindly tell them, you know, uh, I think you're going to have to find a, a different home. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, kids got to be really, really self-conscious, you know, be- before you hit that button, you, you got to really think about what is it that you're doing? What message are you sending? Um, you know, so it, like I said, it, it's a great platform if it's used appropriately. Um, I think it's for sure a necessity uh, for, for most individuals, um, you know, but um, yeah, I, I think kids would be surprised if, uh, you know, if they knew how often coaches are actually out there looking at what they're doing.
0: I tell kids this all the time because I'm, I have two teams that I coach for. I coach for my fall team that I created. It's, it's a program, but it started off as just a fall team and now I'm making it more i doing that in the fall, and then obviously I'm with the Devils in winter, spring, and summer. So um, but I'm doing recruiting for two teams. So I'm an assistant recruiter for the Devils, and then for my team, I handle all the recruiting. So I'm dealing with maybe, I don't know, 10 to 15 kids a year handling recruiting, which is a good amount. You know, I, I, uh, I feel like that's a good, solid amount of kids, you know, and it's a lot of emails and it's a lot of phone calls I do make and a lot of camps I send kids to. But uh, I'm always telling kids: make sure you're smart about what you post. Yep. If you want to post your pictures from your games, go ahead and do it. You want to post pictures out with your friends, go ahead and do it. But make sure what you're doing with your friends is appropriate. Make sure if you're gonna go and post stupid stuff, um, don't don't put it on. I this is kind of a cheat code from a kid who's young and understands it. Put it on the account, not with your name on it, you know. Right. Um, things like that, you know, but. You just have to, you have to really just, I tell kids all the time, I'm like, how would you like if your mom saw that? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that that's the like, oh, okay, coach, you know? So yeah. I feel like, I feel like that's really, uh, really important. And, you know, that's, that's the way you present yourself. It's like a portfolio, basically, you know, because um, everyone can see it. It's so, it's, it's so accessible, you know, in the, in the palm of your hands and a couple taps of your finger and you have, there you go. You know, you have everything you need to know about a kid, basically just there. You know what I mean? Um, I personally do it. You know, there are kids that are like, hey, I'm interested in playing. Uh, So what do I do? I look up the name on Instagram. What are you posting? You know, um, and I look at it too, because, you know, sometimes these kids are posting film and stuff too. So it's, it's good. You know, you can see the way they hit, the way they throw, all those things. So um, it's really, really good. It's good and bad, you know. Yeah, for sure. I feel like it is uh, really important that, you know, coaches do look at social media and I, I, I'd like to, I, I'm happy to know that there are coaches, college coaches that admit it, you know, cause some of these kids are like, nah, no way. They're not looking at my stuff, you know, but it's, uh, it's good to know that, uh, college coaches do do it definitely more than you would expect. So, um, I kind of really only have one last question for you. Um, you kind of answered everything my last podcast uh i got like through like six questions so <laughs> and i was an hour in so um you've done a really great job explaining everything uh and i really do appreciate you being on so i do have this one last question um you've coached at all levels from travel ball to division one uh what are your thoughts on the amount of competition in each level
1: yeah you know and i think to be honest that in you know I, I think if recruits would really understand, um, if I'm being completely blatantly honest here, is you know the advantage that I have over a lot of guys is that I have coached at just about every single level, mm-hmm. um, so um, you know I I can help you know with with those things. But for me, I don't I don't think the competition really changes. Like mm-hmm. our level of competition is simply amazing. It's it's great baseball. You know, I I think it's all relative to most cases. Um, You know, some are different. Um, You know, for example, we we have players in our conference that can no doubt play Division One baseball. Yeah. Um, You know, they just happen to be playing here in our conference. Um, You know, and yes, I have coached at the Division One level, and I saw kids at the Division One level that probably shouldn't have been there. You know, for example, they probably should have gone to a Division Three school, Mm -hmm. you know, today. I think, you know, you're a travel ball coach. I did it. I I think the biggest mistake being made right now um, is twofold. Number one, the kid himself does not have realistic expectations. Absolutely. Coming out of high school as to what college baseball really is. You know, I – I had a travel ball coach that I know really well came and watched us play and practice one day. And when we were done, he was like, Holy crap. Like Mm -hmm. I had no idea, you know? Um, but that, that's the first mistake is kids don't have realistic expectations. Um, and it's no, no one's fault, so to speak. Right. Um, but, but the other part of it is so do mom and dad. Mm -hmm. Um, Mom and dads don't have uh, the right expectations. You know, unfortunately, for a lot of dads, it's about oh, you know, I want my kid to be a Division One player. He's going to Division One. He's going to Division One. He's going. To I. He's going to... Kids have to get rid of labels. That's yeah. that's the first issue. Um, college baseball should not be labeled. It should be about college baseball. It should be about the right fit. It should be about having the opportunity to be competitive and play. Um, getting a really good education, preparing yourself, you know, for the rest of your life. And look, all those years coaching AAU baseball here, I I saw it a number of times, you know, and geez, I kind of go on the other side of the coin with this too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I think if I had the time in the effort and the willingness, I could probably start a consulting firm and make a million (laughs) dollars consulting families you know, um, on what's the best situation, you know, for their youngster, yeah, um, right? And the, I think there's a huge market for that out there. It's just, you know, I, I don't want to take other people's money for for that kind of thing, but I I, I do okay. think that's a that's a fundamental issue. But you know, ranging from one quote unquote division to another, it, it's all relevant. Um, you know, it's. There, there are great baseball players everywhere. Yeah, you know what I mean. You could, you could go to a small town in California and find great baseball players. You go, you know, into the Los Angeles, San Diego areas, you know, in California, and find great baseball players. Um, you say the same, you know, for Texas. You know, go to the bigger cities, and you're going to find amazing high school baseball players. Then you go out into the farmland in Texas, you know, and you find the smaller schools. you're still going to find great baseball players. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's that way everywhere. Um, you know, so, you know, when I coached at Allegheny college on two separate occasions, um, there were a number of dudes that could have played a lot of different places, including some, you know, division one schools, um, and vice versa, some of the competition we played against same way. Mm-hmm. right? Um, then I went to the Citadel and we had Division one players because it was a Division one school. Um, but we also had some that probably shouldn't have been there. Yeah, um, same way VMI, right? And then you know, I went to Lincoln Memorial and you know I had a boatload of kids drafted and um, including you know one kid that pitched 10 years in the big leagues. Um, but you know, here, um, we have really, really good baseball players, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know? Um, but you know, I, 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 just always say joy, it's relative to the situation.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and, um, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter where you're playing. What matters is that you are playing, um, yeah. and that you're competitive and that, that you're having fun doing it. Um, a lot of, by the way, a lot of coaches miss that concept. You, you, know, is it hard work? Is it a grind? Yeah, absolutely. It should be, um, you know, but you gotta have fun doing this too. You know, you, you gotta enjoy it. It's a, baseball is a fun game, you yeah. know, uh, especially on game days, uh, you know, as a player and a coach. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's all relative and, you know, there's, um, there's a lot of good baseball out there and, um, there's, you know, there's, if you're good enough to play in college, um, there's a place for you. Um, you know, it it doesn't have to be, you know, Louisville, Mississippi state Vanderbilt. Um, you know, if if you're good enough to do that, God bless you, um, you know, go do it. Um, you know, but place like Penn state, greater Allegheny, you know, we have good players too. And, um, you know, there's, There are homes out there if you are good enough uh, to to play at the collegiate level. Not everybody is, uh, but for those that are, um, you can certainly find uh, a home.
0: I absolutely agree with you there. Um, I've seen different photos, videos on on this, and um, only 7% – of high school baseball players play college baseball. That's right. NAIA, junior college, D3, D2, D1. If you're playing college baseball, it's an honor. Seriously. Yeah. Not everyone can do it. You know, and and I feel like when you're picking a school, it should be best fit, not which division.
1: 100%.
0: Because, don't get me wrong, Vanderbilt's great and all, but if Vanderbilt gives you an offer and, you know, uh, let's say, Tampa, University of Tampa, their Division two team, right? And you feel like Tampa's a better fit than you than going to Vanderbilt, I'd go to Tampa. You know, as great as it's going to be to say, oh, yeah, I went to Vanderbilt, that's not where the job's done. You know, there's still plenty of guys that go Division two, and then they would, go and play in the pros. There are plenty of guys that do Division three, junior college. Bryce Harper played junior college. You know? So... Those are, all, those are all things that I feel um, are very, very important. I feel like a fit is better than a division. Not only that, but it is a privilege to play college baseball. Um, I saw something on Twitter, actually. It was a coach. I don't remember his name. And I actually posted a little something from what he said. Uh, he always hears college baseball is a grind. And I 100% agree. And it is. You got to work hard. You got to you. The thing with college sports is there's always someone coming in trying to take your spot. You know, and um you know, usually in high school sports it's not like that. If you're the upperclassman and you guys are equal, you're going to play. But if you're in college, if that kid's a freshman and he's better than you maybe just by a little bit, he's playing over you in most schools, you know? And I feel like with that being said, wearing that uniform being able to go to practice every day, being able to say you're part of your college's program in any sport is a privilege.
1: No doubt. Like we, we have a saying here, um, you know, we say it a lot, but it's, it's not, you have to practice today. It's you get to practice today. Yes. Um, You know, you, you get the opportunity to do it and I'll give you another nugget too. what, while we're on this subject is, You know, you're exactly right. Um, You know, only a certain small percentage of kids get the opportunity to go from high school to college. Um, But what happens when you get there? You know, I also saw one time not not long ago where six out of 10 kids can't make it four years through a college baseball program because they're they're not tough enough. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you really think about that number coming out of high school, it's actually even smaller because – a lot of kids don't make it four years. Um, yes, they get there, but do they make it through it? Um, and the answer is actually not many. Yeah. Um, you know, it, and there, there are other X factors in there, right? You, you have injuries, you have academic issues, all, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, if, if I can give any advice out there to, 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 the young guys, like if you're, if you're a high school guy and you're getting ready to go to college like, you better, you better get yourself prepared um, because, you know, <laughs> um, we talk about this a lot as a coaching staff. When freshmen come here, um, there are hungry, unfed sharks that have already been here and they don't want you taking their job. They're, they're going to eat you, um, you know, and you, you better be darn ready. Um, you know, like, here's a big issue I see. Coach, the freshman high school, he commits. Let's say he's committed now, right? Plays senior high school season. Maybe he plays travel baseball, you know, after his senior year. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he plays Legion baseball, whatever it is. Maybe he doesn't. Um, but he doesn't work. Playing's one thing. You gotta work, you know, and th- that includes like the weight room, for example you know, your arm care program, your conditioning, all that stuff. Because when you walk on campus in August as a freshman, you had better be darn ready. Um, cause it's a, it's a different beast. Um, and you know, if if you're one of those kids that puts the bag in the garage for the summer, so to speak, um, you, you're in big trouble come mid August, <laughs> you know? Um, so, um, but yeah, that, you know, it's, uh, it's uh it's tough out there you know college baseball is for sure as we both said a grind and it is work it is effort um and it is a commitment so um but it's fun you know it's it's why you put all the work in
0: i totally agree with you um and i i feel like you know, a lot of my kids that are from both of my teams listen. You know, we were at practice last night. I had 10 kids come up to me and go, Coach, love the podcast. <laughs> you know, so uh, they listened to my first episode with our other coach, uh, Chris Gineo, and he's a good dude too. But, you know, it's good, to, it's good for these kids to listen to this. And this was really one of my points of one of the reasons why I started this pro, uh, podcast was, one, for me to learn as a young coach and learn from coaches at the college level, travel ball level, and learn from college players and what their day looks like and things like that. Uh, but not only that, it's for kids to learn recruits, uh, kids that are going into playing college baseball, kids who are high school freshmen, kids who don't know what's ahead of them, you know, and just to get some advice, you know, because I wish that I had somebody that gave me the advice and gave me that path that I needed, you know? So I feel like it's really important that kids get to know, you know, kind of get an insight and, uh, you know, uh, our devil's program is very blessed because we have Chris and he played at UConn at every point and he knows, but I didn't play, but I know, um, I feel like college baseball is a full-time job and you're in school, you know? So I had a friend who plays football at Curry college, uh, Corey Conlin, if you're listening, hello. Um, <laughs> and he said to me, he goes, Joe, I wake up at 6 AM. I go to the weight room from 6:30 to probably 7.45, I go home, I go back to my dorm, I grab all my stuff for classes, I'm in class until maybe one o'clock, two o'clock with some breaks in between, then you go back to, then you go back to your dorm, you get ready for practice, go to practice, then you're out of practice by maybe 5.30, you know, you got dining hall from, you know, 6 to 7, 7.30 maybe, so you got a little bit of break time to eat, hang out for a little bit, you know, then 8 to 10, you're in study hall doing homework all that and then 11 you're going to bed you wake up and do the same thing the next morning, you know, and then, and then there's game days, you know, and I'm sure college baseball is a little different, but you know, that's kind of uh, a way that I explain it to kids. I go, listen, this is an average college athletes day, whether it's football, which my friend plays or whatever. um, That's an average college athletes day. If you can do that, tell me now, if you can't tell me, that's fine. You know, I will, I will coach you as a coach but I'm not going to help you get into a school if I know you're not going to pan out. And then it makes me look bad as well, you know? So I feel like it's really, really important for kids to know what they're walking into. Absolutely. Um, So with that being said, that's really all my questions. Uh, Coach, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Uh, It's been a pleasure. It's really great talking to you. Um, uh, For everyone listening, if you're interested in Penn state, greater Allegheny, let me know, follow coach on Twitter. Uh, And that's really – that's all I got. You got anything else, Coach?
1: That's it. uh, Greatly appreciated uh, to to be on here today on this platform, and uh, hopefully we we get a lot of listeners. And uh, it was my pleasure to be here today.
0: All right. Thank you, Coach, and uh, talk soon.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Thanks. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Coach's Perspective. I really do appreciate all the love. I want to thank Coach Crean for coming in and speaking with us. Uh, it was really good to get his insight on what it's like being a college coach, what he looks for in a recruit, and all the things that the program does down at Penn State Greater Alleg- Allegheny Campus. I also want to thank everybody who's reached out to me last week or the week before with text messages, phone calls, Instagram DMs. All the likes on Twitter, everything, uh, especially about the rankings. Uh, a lot of people really like that. I got a I got a message from my old high school coach. He wasn't really happy about being number four in D three. But I want to thank everybody uh, for all the love. And another thing about the rankings, it's called preseason for a reason. I've been calling. I've been telling everybody that um, it's really important that you know. If I didn't rank you. Use it as motivation. I mean, not like you'd want motivation from me, but if you do and you're mad about it, then there you go. Uh, Use it as motivation. Um, Unfortunately, you can't rank everybody, and it's preseason, you know. Teams can get hot. Teams can get cold. Kids can fail off. All these things can happen, uh, especially with some of the schools that have the D-run recruits. A lot of the colleges, the d one commits, a lot of the colleges make them shut down and things like that. Um, We've seen in the past. So with that being said, I want to thank everybody about that. Next week's episode is another special one for me. Uh, The person we have coming on is Wes Warwick's pitcher and outfielder, Calvin Battersby. Calvin played for me in the fall for my Smithfield Baseball Club team. And we had some looks for him at the D3 and the D2 level. And he really decided that Juco was the best route for him. He wanted to develop more, uh, get serious in the weight room, learn the game of baseball at an even higher level. And then maybe transfer to a D2 or a D1. So he's going to CCRI in the fall and really, really excited for him to be on the show and talk to you guys about junior college and what is to come of him and his recruiting process. Uh, Last week's episode, we had Brandon and Jared on and they're obviously Division One. So this is a lot different. Um, But it's still college baseball, which is really, really good. So we have that opportunity. Uh, so, wanna thank everybody for tuning in once again, and we'll see you next week.